There's been such a buzz that the Combine's leaving Indianapolis and heading for Dallas or L.A. or Las Vegas or wherever. It needs to stay in Indy, and it feels like it's at least going to stick around for another year. Well, maybe it will, because listen, it's great. Who doesn't like to go to St. Elmo? You know, all the, all the time out there. It is convenient, but I think they're going to barnstorm it just like they did the draft, and I think the Combine will start to move around as well. Unpopular take that we don't have time to argue about. I think St. Elmo's is overrated. Oh, no. Goodbye. I can't talk to you anymore. I don't want your book anymore. No. Oh, I can tell make you, you a better steak. I can make you a better steak on my grill than you're going to get at St. Elmo's. I guarantee you that. I guarantee it. In fact, I may go make one right now. It's kind of nice today. I haven't fired up. I don't the even know who you are. I don't even know who you are anymore. I don't even. I don't even you know never if I knew can come back on this show. That's true. I didn't, <laughs> and now I don't want to know any more about you. Ah. Thanks no. for joining us on that happy note. Everyone, enjoy your dinner. Go to St. Elmo's if you live in Indy. It's a Monday edition of PFTPM. Mike Golick is back. There's a new resident with a standing table at St. Elmo's, possibly, apparently. <laughs> Matt, Ryan. Matt Ryan will be there plenty in the coming months. Uh, you know, Mike, I was thinking of this earlier this afternoon. We've been doing this on Mondays for the past few weeks. The entire landscape of the NFL changes from one Monday to the next. <laughs> I mean, what the hell has happened over the last seven days? Listen, I, and by the way, Matt Ryan will be ordering plenty of steaks from St. Elmo's and the shrimp cocktails, and he'll be loving it, won't disparage it like you did. I don't even want to get into that again. But listen, this is when, when I first started at ESPN years ago, before NFL Live, which is a show now they do, it was NFL Tonight with me, Mark Malone, Merrill Hodge, and Sean Salisbury. And it only ran during the football season. Because there wasn't enough going on in the offseason, they thought at the time, to warrant continuing the show. Now, I don't know of a football show anywhere on any channel, radio, TV, whatever, that isn't year-round, including you. I mean, this, this is where we are now. There is always something in the news, on the field, off the field, in the NFL. And it is by far, and I mean by far, the most popular sport in the land. So it's there's always going to be content for us to agree and disagree about. And the, the thing that's gone on pretty much every weekday for the past two or maybe three weeks, in the eight-hour gap between the end of PFT Live at 9 a.m. Eastern and the start of PFT PM at 5 p.m. Eastern, there's been something major, something significant that's happened, not just little filler transactions, but something big like today, Matt Ryan being traded by the Falcons to the Colts. And I had a weird feeling that this was coming because when Ryan agreed on Thursday, Mike, to delay by four days a roster bonus payment of $7.5 million, that if that had vested, it would have been another $7.5 million in 2022 cap space that would have hit the Falcons after he'd been traded would have gone from 40.525 to 48.025 million for the cap charge. And it's already a big cap charge. That's $40 yeah. million in dead money they're taking by trading him. But he had a cap number of $48.66 million, so that actually saved money. But when he agreed to do it, I thought, wait a minute, he's, he's not just doing them a favor. He's not just doing this to help them out. They're trying to trade him. They're trying to get his replacement after 14 years, and they're trying to trade him, and they want him to make it easier. He's not going to do that without some quid pro quo, without some consideration. And I speculated, maybe he said, hey, I'll do this. But even if you don't get to Sean Watson, I'd like to be traded. Because why else would they have traded him? Why else would they have done it? Why would they have not traded him last Thursday if they were trading him either way? They bumped it to Monday, 4 p.m. Eastern is the deadline, so they could try to get Deshaun Watson and keep Matt Ryan if they didn't get Deshaun Watson. I think Ryan, in letting them off the hook on that $7.5 million, said to them, hey, either way, this is done. This is done. Right. I've been loyal to you for 14 years. It's over. You're going to come to me and you're going to say you're going to replace me? I've, I've never made any noise about leaving, and now I want out. So you want me to do you a favor? I want you to do me a favor. Even if you don't get Deshaun Watson, I want out of here. Yeah, listen, it's it's business it's business that sometimes gets taken personal. 
That's kind of what happens, right? And, and I remember always talking to young players and say, try not to take anything personal. But it's hard to do. It's hard not to, especially for someone like him. We have two scenarios like this, right? We have the one here with Matt Ryan, who's been there forever, and as Arthur Blank said, is going to go in the ring of honor, and will he end up in the Hall of Fame? And then there's Cleveland, where they were basically done with Baker Mayfield, and they end up flirting with Deshaun Watson, said it's not going to happen, and then it does happen, but Baker already wanted out of there anyway. You know, guys will say, Hey, you know, okay, you don't want me anymore. Let's move on. And, and I agree with you. I'm going to do you a favor right now and push these days a few days. So if you're looking to replace me and it happens, listen, it happens all the time, you know, say for a couple of exceptions that we see occasionally is you get moved on from. Now, I know Marcus Mariota is the guy right now in Atlanta, but there's no shot in my mind anyway. That's not your future quarterback. So he's you know just going to be a bridge until whoever they're going to get. Um, but I, I agree with you with Matt Ryan. I thought he would spend his entire career there, but I think this guy's still got a good amount of football left in him. We see, you know, the age of what Brady's doing. Matt Ryan, the last five years, has averaged, what, 25 and 10 as far as touchdowns and, and interceptions, 4,300 passing yards, probably 66, 67% completion percentage. I know last year it was under 4,000 for the first time, I think, since 2010. But to go there with that line, that running back, and that defense, and I, I know this is the seventh straight year the Colts are starting a different quarterback in week one. That's not great for continuity at all. But I do like Matt Ryan to Indy. I, I think that is that is definitely going to help them big time. It has been a bizarre litany of quarterbacks since Andrew Luck abruptly <laughs> retired just before the 2019 season. They have gone from Jacoby Brissett to Phillip Rivers to Carson Wentz and now to Matt Ryan. Ryan is a former MVP winner. Ryan has been a mainstay. And Ryan, I've asked him this question on multiple occasions the past couple of years. Do you want to go somewhere else? Have you considered going somewhere else? We see all this talk about other players who finish their career with another team, and he made it clear he never wanted to do that. And I really do think that that having what transpired last week unfold, it really – it was the equivalent of the Packers taking Jordan Love in 2020 for Matt Ryan, I believe. I don't know that, but why wouldn't it be? Because you're the guy that's never, like Aaron Rodgers, made any suggestion. You're going anywhere. Never, never. If anything, I want to stay here. I want to stay here. I want to be here. And you're playing well enough to continue to stay, and then all of a sudden, ah, you know what? We think we can do better. And, and you realize that – no matter how much loyalty you show to them, they only show it to you as long as they want you around and if they think they can get someone better. And that's always, that's always true at every position. But franchise quarterback's different. And the moment that that, that that needle flips in the other direction, I think that's when the relationship falls apart. And kudos to the Falcons for recognizing they, they needed to do it instead of having a bridge year where Ryan's there and they do it next year when they may have a better option. Because, Mike, what are they going to do now? You're right. Marcus Mariota is not the answer. So what are they going to do? Are, are they going to pounce on somebody in the draft? Well, anyone drafting after them that wants a quarterback knows well, you, you, you better jump the Falcons if you want that quarterback that you have your eyes on because they're probably going to be looking very seriously at a quarterback come late April. There aren't many other veterans out there. Mariota's got the connection to Arthur Smith from their mutual time together with I the Titans, so it makes sense. But – yeah, th this is this is weird. Th their plan was get to Sean Watson, and then when they don't get to Sean Watson, their plan is give up the bird in the hand with nothing in the bush. Well, I mean, listen, this is what happens when when there's four teams after one quarterback. He can only go on quarterback one team, <laughs> and I know we'll get into that. And he, and he and he chose the Cleveland Browns. So all those other teams now, Atlanta. So they trade Matt Ryan away. Uh, we see obviously New Orleans. We'll talk about that resigning Jameis. And what are they going to do in Carolina? That seems like the place that nobody wants to go. They have Sam Darnold there, but that's not your future there. So are they going to have to draft their future? Listen, Atlanta is in the rebuild, retool, remold, whatever you want to say. That's where they are. And Marcus Mariota is the bridge to that, to whatever they're going to do at the quarterback position. And as far as, and, and I agree with you, franchise quarterbacks are different, but we've seen them change, right? We saw Tom Brady leave New England. We saw Joe Montana leave San Francisco. Ben Roethlisberger, the only reason he retired to Pittsburgh Steelers is because he retired. 
If he didn't, he wouldn't be playing for the Pittsburgh Steelers this year. He would have to go play somewhere else as well. So while that's the position you mostly will see these great all-timers stick, at the end of the day, it is a business. And the million, the billionaire owners still hold more weight than the millionaire quarterbacks. And if that team is ready to move on from you, they're going to move on from you. It is a business flat out. As much as we'd like it to be, oh, there should be a little more personal. He's been there for so long. This guy's owed this or owed that. No, they're not. I hate to burst anybody's bubble. We'd love that in a rose-colored world to say, oh, this guy is great, so great. We're going to keep him here no matter how long it is, no matter what's going to happen to the team. Bull, that doesn't happen that way. And you know what you're owed? You're owed what you paid. Matt Ryan made millions and millions and tens of millions of dollars playing football. And he was great at it for the Atlanta Falcons. So now he moves on to another team. You know, I, I was never one of those. Maybe it sounds cold-hearted. This guy's been with an organization so long. Man, that, that, that's cold-hearted. It's business. And at the end of the day, it's always going to be business. And as Arthur Blank said, He'll be in the Falcons' ring of honor, and then we'll talk about Hall of Fame as well and what he did. He was phenomenal for the Atlanta Falcons. But at some point, it ends, and you move on. And so I, I never got into they're owed this or owed that for how long they've been there. They're owed that with especially the quarterbacks, a damn good paycheck for what they do. Eighth all-time in career passing yardage with 59,735. Quietly top 10. Yeah. 222 games played, 222 games started. I'm looking back at his career. I see a game missed in 2019. I see a game missed, two games missed in 2009. That's it. Holy crap. He missed two games in his second season, and he didn't miss another one until 2019. And... Uh, otherwise, every game, every yeah. start for Matt Ryan and the Falcons. And, you know, we talked about this last week, too, because I agree with you. It is a business, and the teams are going to do whatever they want, whenever they want, however they want, if it's in the best interest of the team. And we all, as fans, are willing to line up behind those judgments. If you're a fan of that team, well, you know, they're doing what's in the best interest of the team. So since I'm a fan of the team, I fully support this decision they make, even though I'm really not thrilled about it. It's in the best interest of the team, and they told me that, so I'll find a way to say yeah. go team, right? But, folks, this is a prime example of why people need to be a little more flexible in understanding when the player makes a decision that's in the best interest of the player. Right. Because there is no two-way street when it comes to loyalty. They want it from you until they're done with you. And yeah. maybe if you detect that the loyalty has evaporated or you just see a better opportunity. And frankly, frankly, how are the Colts not a better opportunity right now than the Falcons? I mean, Ryan has been dealing with crap since Super Bowl 51. And, you know, they, they have not been competitive. And he still continues to play at a high level. They just haven't had the team around him. And the Colts are a much better team now, of course, it's probably better to be in the NFC than the AFC right now. Right, but right, still, right. still, it's it's a it's a it's a great position, relative relatively speaking, as to the, the the current the current abilities of the two teams. And and hey, if if this was instigated by him in any way, shape, or form, if he was in any way responsible for this, that, that that's his prerogative, because. The team doesn't when it's right for them, and they were going to go get Deshaun Watson, and now Ryan says, I'm going to do what's right for me. I'm going to go play for the Colts. Listen, and if, and if that's the best thing, is if it can work out amicably, right? If everybody, if, if Matt Ryan saw the writing on the wall, they're trying to get Deshaun Watson, my time here is done, and did he say, all right, okay, I want to go to the Colts, because you heard Baker Mayfield say he wanted to go to the Colts. Well, he didn't go into the Colts. So maybe they worked it out for them. And that that's the best thing you can hope for is when you're divorcing, can it be amicable? You know, where both sides can, can somehow shake hands and walk away. There'll, there'll always be some hard feelings because especially for a guy like Matt Ryan, as great a player as he was and still is, in my opinion, um, you know, you probably do want to just play for one organization the whole time. But he's smart enough to see the writing was probably on the wall. And I agree with you, probably helped maneuver this thing. And I think it, it's without question, he's on a better team. But you're right, he is in a stacked AFC. But he has virtually no shot of going anywhere with the Atlanta Falcons right now. 
And now you have a great running back, a great line. Listen, the last four years, he's been sacked over 40 times all four years. That's probably not going to happen behind that great line in Indianapolis as long as they can stay healthy. And that, that could be a big if sometimes. you got a tough defense there. you got a great running back there. So he is definitely on a better team. Tougher conference, no doubt about it, but a better team. So he's going to have a better chance to get somewhere. We know he's already been to the Super Bowl, but he has a better chance of getting further in the AFC than absolutely probably dead last in your division, let alone the playoffs in the NFC. Yeah, and uh, it just I I remember last week thinking after the Browns fell out temporarily of the Deshaun Watson sweepstakes, and we'll talk about that whole thing more later in the program. Right. I thought surely their plan can't be try to get Deshaun Watson. If that doesn't work, try to convince Baker Mayfield to not want out and yeah. and to be the quarterback this year. And the Falcons' plan, like. They, I don't know if they really thought they were getting Deshaun Watson, so they didn't have a plan other than let's just go get Marcus Mariota and then we'll figure it out after that. That just feels like what they're doing. Well, we didn't get Deshaun and Matt wants out. We pissed him off. He's gone. Let's get Marcus Mariota. He's available. Now we'll figure it out after that what we're going to do next. And there really aren't many options. Jimmy G is out there. The 49ers are trying to trade him. I've heard they're looking for a couple of second-round picks. I've actually heard they're telling people they have a – couple of second round picks offered to them by someone and the reaction is well you should take it then if you're getting two yeah. second round picks for Jimmy Garoppolo at this point but there, there just aren't I mean the quarterback carousel has spun some big names have changed teams and there isn't much left out there unless, unless hey I don't rule out anything at this point I, don't, I mean there's all sorts of crazy stuff that can happen in the NFL, crazy stuff has happened. Crazy stuff will happen. And we mentioned Baker Mayfield. I don't. I don't know if I. I don't know if I want Baker Mayfield if I'm the Falcons, because um, he doesn't feel like a long-term answer either. That's right. the thing. They're going to potentially fall into this same mode the Colts have been in, where it's short-term guy, short-term guy, short-term guy. Tread water with short-term guy, and hope long-term answer materializes in a burning bush or something. Right? There's the Colts. I mean, the, the Falcons may be in this same mess where they're just ricocheting around from veteran quarterback to veteran quarterback, Mike. Uh, listen, I agree. But so, so how, what was, what were the solutions for Atlanta? We try for Deshaun Watson. If we get Deshaun Watson, we know we have our quarterback for the next at least half a decade, hopefully more. And we start building around that. We didn't get Deshaun Watson. We knew we were going to have an ending here with Matt Reiner. That's what materialized. So now what's the plan? And, and this is a good plan. Again, get somebody that Arthur Smith, the coach, was with in Tennessee and Marcus Mariota. He knows him. A good bridge. But now you have to come up with another plan because Mariota ain't it. So what's the plan? Is it drafting a quarterback in this draft of which, you know, we're, we're not sure of too many things? Is it waiting for another draft? Is it waiting for another free agent? Uh, or another possible trade of a quarterback, you know, in a year or so down the road. So those are their options. You know, I'm sure you would hope you're smart enough to say, if A doesn't happen, what's B? And then if B doesn't happen, what's C? You got to run down your list. And so where they are on the list is, okay, we have a guy maybe for a, a year or two that could be our bridge. And, and, and even if we draft someone, then we kind of bring them along and see what happens. Uh, so I, I think that's probably that that had to be A, B, C. No, not A. A was Deshaun Watson, B or C of their plans. And we'll see. Now we'll see. Will Baker go to Seattle? Will Seattle be in this? I know there's the supposed love of Pete Carroll of Drew Locke, but uh, listen, I don't know about that one either. So, you know, you have a couple of teams that like the Colts seven years in a row, a different starting quarterback. Is that where Atlanta is going to end up? Is that where Seattle is going to end up until – either a new young crop of water or quarterbacks come in to one of these teams and starts the building process, or are we just doing, you know, free agency and or trade? So really the two left, I think is Baker and Jimmy G, right? That's really about it. The reality for the Falcons too, and this is a point Chris Sims made last week as the teams were lining up to meet with Deshaun Watson, that the Panthers, Saints and Browns all pursued Watson the Falcons were a team that was just kind of minding their own business and Watson said I'd like to meet with you and the Falcons were like with with us you you want well well that's that's an interesting development and so Watson pulls them to the table 
Watson gets them to undermine their relationship with Matt Ryan irreparably and doesn't go play for them. At least the other ones jumped in knowing. Like, the Browns jumped in knowing we're going to fracture for good our relationship with Baker Mayfield. The Falcons are just like, yeah, hey, you know, they, 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 it was reported restructuring, done deal, dropped the cap number, $12 million from 48.66 to 36.66. It would have been the highest cap number in NFL history. Instead, they don't get Watson, and they take the biggest – dead cap charge in one season in NFL history because they lost Ryan. I just, I, I, I would love, I would love to have access tonight to someone from the Falcons who would tell me the truth about what the hell happened Well, with, 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 I mean, and, and is it as simple as a week ago, Matt Ryan was our guy and now he isn't our guy, not because we were ready to move on from him. So, so th- to me, this is simple, Mike. Th- this is simple. If, if it was, in fact, Deshaun Watson's people that reached out to Atlanta, Atlanta, Atlanta then had a decision. And this goes to, to Arthur Blank. Any decision on Deshaun Watson and what he's going through, and I know we'll get into it, that's going to come from the owner. And it's going to be the president, the GM, the coach, all looking at the owner and saying, okay, we'd like to go after this guy, but you obviously have final say with what's going on. You know, what he's being accused of, where we are in the legal system, blah, blah, blah. We all know we'll get into. So Arthur Blank has to make that decision that says, go ahead. And as soon as you make that decision, as soon as you say, we're going to talk to him, you damn well better know the ramifications of that decision, which is going to be Matt Ryan sees it. And Matt Ryan, uh, while we know it's a business, says, okay, you guys are looking for my replacement. Let's see where I can go. I'll go ahead and push my seven and a half mil a few days. Let's see what we can work out. So this is on this is on Atlanta saying, yes, we will meet with you because that starts a whole chain, a whole domino effect of things once you said yes. Yeah, uh, here's Arthur Blank's statement on Matt Ryan. And uh, I think I have it here in the event that I'm not able to read this. I can kind of read it. I don't need glasses for this. Matt Ryan has been the epitome of a franchise quarterback during his time here in Atlanta. He has represented this organization with great class, professionalism, and leadership both on and off the field over the past 14 years. It is difficult to overstate what he has meant to me personally, our organization, his teammates, and our fans. And you know what? This is another reason why Matt Ryan has every right to be pissed off, Mike. Because think about the state of the Falcons when he arrived April of 2008 as the third overall pick in the draft. And I had heard for years, and I've also heard the other, well, it's not true, but there had been kind of a a rumor that had been baked into the legend of the NFL that the Falcons were ready to take Glenn Dorsey, if you remember him, with the third overall pick in the draft. But but Arthur Blank wanted a new face of the franchise, wanted a new quarterback post Mike Vick. 2007 was the Mike Vick fiasco. Bobby Petrino quits on the team in December of that year, just disappears, just ghosts the Falcons. And so Ryan shows up as the guy who makes everyone forget about Mike Vick and all of the stuff that was going on with Vick that maybe the Falcons should have known more about or anything about, as the case may be. And now the relationship between Ryan and the Falcons craters because of a guy who's got 22 pending civil lawsuits alleging sexual misconduct during massage therapy sessions. I mean, that's another reason for Ryan to say, what, 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 what the hell? Like, I, I've been the, the, the guy who's been squeaky clean, no problems, no issues, no controversies, no anything. His, his only fault is he's boring because he doesn't do anything. Uh-huh. You know, he's, he just go home after work and come back the next morning. It's all he ever does. This was, and, and it, listen, I say this, I am a monster fan of Matt Ryan, uh, both off the field and on the field, things he does off the field and how he's played on the field. I am a huge fan of him, and I hope he has incredible success with the Colts. I think he can. But what it comes down to, we talk about personal relationship, business decision, and it's about everybody there. Once Arthur Blank said yes to Deshaun Watson to talk to him, that team had decided, boy, if we get him, we're going to take him. Because when we put up Deshaun Watson now and we put up Matt Ryan now, we'd rather have Deshaun Watson because he's younger, he's mobile, he's been a, he's put up great numbers, he's got a longer future now than Matt Ryan. So for the right now, 
they felt that Deshaun Watson was going to be better for Atlanta overall for the next, again, you want to get, you don't want a year to year quarterback. You think the Colts want to be doing what they're doing? I guarantee you they don't. You want to know you have that guy. And for Atlanta, they looked at that and said, okay, if we get him, he is going to be our guy for a while. Maybe not as long as Matt Ryan, but still, we know we have him and can start building around the centerpiece, which is the quarterback. So again, it's a conscious decision that you're making. Again, a business decision, a football decision that said, right now, Deshaun Watson is a better quarterback for us than Matt Ryan. So we're going to go after him. But as I said, as soon as you do that, you watch those fun little domino things where you line them all up. As soon as you do that, you flick that first domino and it just starts to knock them all down. And then you have to wait to where you see you at the end of that. And, you know, some Colts fans may be wondering what happened. I thought Baker Mayfield wanted to come here. Sims and I talked about this this morning, Mike, and then we got to get to break because we've already burned half the show on this. But it's, it's worth it. This, this is the news of the moment. Yeah, um, yes, it is. The, the Colts just went through Carson Wentz. They don't want Baker Mayfield for the same reasons they wanted to get rid of Carson Wentz. They don't want a guy who – who they have every reason to believe based upon everything they've heard about everything that happened in Cleveland that, you know, maybe a little hard to handle. They want the guy who's going to come in and not rock the boat. They want the guy who's going to come in and not cause any issues for, for a coaching staff that struggled last year to get Carson Wentz to accept coaching and to go along with everything. And there isn't that same urgency. You know, Mayfield's going to want to have a big year, and he's going to want to have big numbers and going to set himself up for a second contract. Yeah, Matt Ryan knows he's, he's pulling the train into the station, and he has a chance to cap his career with, you know, a playoff run. And who knows in the AFC? I, yeah, that's the other thing. This AFC, I, I, the Jaguars, the – the Texans and the Jets, I feel bad for them. They, there's 16 contenders. Everyone but, no, 13 contenders. Everyone but the Jaguars, the Texans, and the Jets. I mean, listen, Matt Ryan, do, do we not think he could be there for a couple of years, right? I mean, two, three years, the way quarterbacks are playing older now. I mean, the last time he threw more than 14 interceptions was back in, what, 2015? He doesn't turn the ball over a lot. He's a safe quarterback. He's a smart quarterback. Receivers are going to love him for where he puts the ball. It's And, and the running game is certainly going to help him as well. So I I would definitely, if, if I were the Colts, I would have without question done this move over the Baker Mayfield move. Baker Mayfield's probably going to be in the league longer from this point on than Matt Ryan is. But we have no idea what Baker Mayfield's going to be. We have no idea what he's going to be. Matt Ryan, you can you can set yourself in, you know, not for 50 touchdowns, you know, and, and five interceptions, but you can get yourself probably between 20 and 30 touchdowns. You can get yourself hopefully maybe double-digit, a little over double-digit interceptions. That's kind of what he's shown uh, to go along with that great running game. And we'll see where it leads you. So I, I think it's a great move for him if he was going to leave Atlanta, and I still think he could have a few years left in him. He turns 37 on May 17th. Matt Ryan uh, probably does have three or four more years left if he wants to do it. Let's take a break. When we return, the Saints lose out on Deshaun Watson, so they pivot back to Jameis Winston. That and more quarterback news from a busy Monday in the NFL. We'll be back with more PFTPM right after this. All right, uh, the New Orleans Saints have re-signed Jameis Winston for a two-year, $28 million deal. I want to see the details here. We've, we've, we've seen some examples in recent yeah, days, yeah. like Juju Smith-Schuster <laughs> with his one-year, $10.75 million deal with the Chiefs. It ended up being one year, 3.25, with more than twice that amount in upside that he has to earn. So let's see how much of it is incentives, how much of it is per-game roster bonuses. This is the guy who's coming off of a tour in ACL. I heard yesterday that – the Winston camp was kind of fishing around for $35 million a year. It's like, wait a minute. Wait a minute. For what? I mean, you got to come back and reestablish yourself. I'm right. surprised Mikey didn't insist on a one-year deal to, to come back and get his, get his feet under him literally, show that he's healthy, have a big year with the Saints, and then try to hit the market next year. And the Saints smart enough to realize, hey, if you do that, we don't want you walking out the door. Listen, I, 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 I'm, I'm completely with you. I agree. And, and I think it was smart of Jameis to go back to New Orleans. You know, look look at the direction that he was going there before he got hurt. 
what, 14 touchdowns and just three interceptions. And that had been his bugaboo, right? I mean, he had turned the, through for a lot of touchdowns, but through for a lot of interceptions. So the thought process under Sean Payton that that wasn't going to happen, that he was going to help rectify the turnover situation. And he absolutely did. Absolutely did. Now, I know Sean Payton's not there anymore, but you have some continuity there. And, and I'm sorry, Taysom Hill ain't the answer. He ain't it. He, he's not going to be the quarterback of anybody's team consistently in the 17-game schedule. It's just not going to happen, in my opinion. So, Jameis, if he can come back from the injury, you know, uh, come back and, and again, 14-3 and three in seven games, you know, that, that's, that's trending in a pretty nice direction for you. Now, what you need is you need more help on that offense. You're probably going to lose your left tackle at Armstead. I know he was visiting down in Miami. Alvin Kamara was uh, without question your leading rusher and your leading receiver by one. We don't have the Michael Thomas situation figured out there at all. So the weapons right now that Jameis has really outside of Kamara, I know Callaway had a decent a decent year for himself at like 46 receptions and, and 16 touchdowns, but. Uh, they need help there. So getting Jameis, I think, is a good thing. They haven't done a lot in free agency yet because they're an absolute cap hell right now. So I don't know much how, they, how much they can really improve that team. But I think Jameis going back there and the team having Jameis back was a good thing. It's going to be interesting to see how much post-Sean Payton, the offense adjusts to suit Jameis Winston versus last year when it felt like Peyton was trying to make Winston fit that offense, and he struggled with a lot of the underneath stuff. I got a, a renewed appreciation of how good Drew Brees was yeah. with the the short routes, the timing routes, getting the ball in the right spot at the right time. Winston was all over the place at times, but Winston had the deep ball, uh, yeah. which which Brees at the end of his career clearly didn't. So I I think maybe post Sean Payton they start massaging things in the direction of letting Winston do his thing. Uh, but with Alvin Kamara, if Michael Thomas is back, he hasn't played hardly any in the last two years. Uh, the, the, hey, the, look, there, there is a vacuum. There is a void in the NFC. You've got the Buccaneers, who are going to be pretty damn good again. The Rams are going to be pretty good. The Packers, even without Devontae Adams, are going to be pretty good. After that, I don't know, the 49ers, if Trey yeah. Lance works out, if he doesn't, they're going to have a problem. Are they going to be good enough to, to be relevant and competitive if Lance isn't getting it done? The Cowboys, who the hell knows? The Eagles seem to be on the rise, but... You know, the Saints were still pretty good last year, even with all the quarterback injuries and that, that debacle they had on the Monday night when they had, what, 25 guys unavailable right. play, and Sean Payton walks into the locker room. He sees a couple of guys getting dressed. He's like, who the hell are those guys? And that, he told Peter King that story. Like, who are these guys? Oh, they're on the team. I didn't even know who they were. So, uh, you know, they, they, they get that settled down, and, and the continuity of the coaching staff is important. Continuity with the quarterback situation is important. Jameis Winston starts. Taysom Hill does his thing. Alvin Kamara does his thing. And they can still be very competitive. They're 4-0 in the regular season against Tom Brady. And yeah. last year, Dennis Allen shut out Tom Brady when he was serving as the head coach for a night when Sean Payton was on the COVID protocol. Listen, they can be relevant in the NFC. now. I, there's, because you're right, it is very top-heavy without question. So they can be relevant. I, I don't know if they're going to be able to accumulate enough talent because of the cap uh, space that they have and, and the talent they have. We still don't know, again, about Michael Thomas, what's going on with him. But in, you're right, in an NFC where, where they've had Tampa Bay in the regular season, which has been absolutely amazing, you never know what can happen. It's just about getting there. Get into the dance at the end. That's all you're trying to do, and then anything can happen. And it's I think it's going to be easier to do that in the NFC uh, then in the AFC. So let, let's see what they can start to, okay, you have your quarterback now for the next couple of years. You're set there. Now, what can you do? And I don't know what they can do, but what can you do around that? Certainly you have the draft, um, but, you know, to sit there and hope a few guys come from the draft and have an incredible impact right away, that can be some wishful thinking for rookies. We've seen it some in the past, but that's, that's tough to sit in there. We're going to bank on our rookie class to help carry us to the playoffs. And now we have Tom Brady entering year three as the longest tenured starting quarterback in the entire NFC South. The other three teams were all trying to get to Sean Watson. And if Brady doesn't unretire eight days ago, you got all four teams in the NFC South trying to get to Sean Watson. Here's Jason Light from earlier today at a press conference to announce the official signing of Chris Godwin to a three-year, $60 million contract. Light took questions, inevitably was asked about Brady. Here's some of what Light had to say. 
Well, it certainly helped. Um, you know, when you have a player like Tom, he's the greatest quarterback of all time, not player, you know, players want to play with a guy like that. So, um, you know, it certainly helped. Um, I can't lie. Uh, we, you know, we've got the ultimate cheat code with Tom. So we're going to take advantage of it while we have it. So, um, you know, I think players like it here uh, regardless, but having a player like that throwing the ball to him um, or being on, even on the other side of the ball, knowing that he's your quarterback, it certainly helps. You know, it's funny when you usually hear the term cheat code, you think of somebody with incredible physical abilities that yeah. defy the competition, like a glitch in the Madden game. But the cheat code for Tom Brady is very simple. He looks across the line. He sees the defensive alignment pre-snap. He knows exactly what they're doing. He knows which of his guys is going to be open. And it's critical for a guy with 44 going on 45-year-old legs to have that advanced information so he can get rid of the football before the walls close in and he gets hit by somebody literally half his age or younger. That's where the cheat code comes in. He actually can see what the defense is going to do, and he knows where to throw the ball 90% of the time, if not more. Well, this cheat code has been with him for a long time. I mean, he's never been that athletic, mobile quarterback. He's already always had to throw the ball to be effective. So what's the best way to throw the ball consistently at a, at a great pace and successfully? Know where the hell you're going to throw the ball. I mean, and, and you said it pre-snap, and I'll take it even further. You go pre-snap, what the read is, and then a second post-snap, right after the what, because everybody tries to disguise nowadays. So instantly after the snap, he's going to recognize, A, from pre-snap, probably what you're going to go to, and then within a second after the ball snap, that's confirmed. So he knows where he's going with the ball. Tell the great story, what, of Harrison Smith, the all-pro safety from the Minnesota Vikings, said one time that, you know, they came to the, Tom Brady came to the line of scrimmage and they were disguising, you know, trying to disguise. And Brady knew exactly what they were going to end up with. He actually said to Harrison, hey, Harrison, you're going to, you're supposed to end up down here. Why don't you just go ahead and get there right now? I mean, and, and Harrison just like, so all I could do is chuckle because he was right. He knew exactly where I was going to line up. So when you have that and you know you can trust your guy then to get there, and your guy doesn't have to be fully wide open because he's one of those accurate guys like Aaron Rodgers that's going to put the ball and, and make you open or make you not get hit. I mean, that's an, it, it's, it's better than having the most athletic legs in the world, I think, knowing exactly where you're going to go with the ball, knowing exactly what the coverage is. And by the way, if it doesn't work out, you just live to fight another play, and normally it works out for you. Yeah, because what those legs buy for the younger quarterback who hasn't seen everything that the older quarterback could possibly see and can process it like a coach on the field, those legs buy time while they figure out exactly where in the hell the open guy is going to be. Yeah. Brady already knows. And like you said, it happens pre-snap. It happens in that split second or two after the snap. He knows exactly what to do with the football, and he rarely makes a mistake with it. All right, a guy who's made – more than a few mistakes with the Broncos, frankly. I mean, it's all due respect. We've seen some greatness from Drew Locke, but it's been too few and too far between. That's why he was tucked into the Russell Wilson trade package. And in Seattle, he realizes that he doesn't waltz through the door as the unquestioned starter. Here's Locke from his introductory press conference in Seattle. Nothing, nothing has been promised as, you know, as I would want. I'd want them to come in here and tell me I need to earn it. Tell me I need to come in and work. Tell me I need to come in and compete. I need to play well. There's a lot of things I need to do to show this organization that I should be the one taking those snaps. But right now, nothing is promised. It's just my job to come in and, and work extremely hard and compete for that starting job. Yeah, I'd forgotten how much he looks like Jerry Mathers, the uh, beaver. <laughs> he grew up. Doesn't he? I'd forgotten. <laughs> That is good. Hey, listen, not, not, nothing should be promised to him right now. Uh, without question, he lost his starting job to Teddy Bridgewater last year. Certainly he was going to play some. He's got 25 touchdowns, 20 interceptions. If, if you're going to sit there and ask me, the quarterback that's going to bring Seattle back to prominence, if they're going to be there someday, is not going to be Drew Locke. 
You know, Drew Locke is going to be there right now. We'll see. He's going to get a chance. But what's going to happen? Are they done? Is Baker Mayfield going to end up out there? Will a different quarterback end up out there? Will they draft a quarterback? Uh, Drew Locke, listen, all he wants is a chance, and he's going to get a chance there without a doubt. Uh, but th- th- I, I, I got to believe they have more work to be done up there in Seattle uh, and, and don't feel like they're satisfied at the quarterback position just yet. I think Baker Mayfield is the guy to watch there. Somebody explained to me yesterday, and I think it was a great point. John Schneider, the GM of the team, comes from that old-school Green Bay Mafia under Ron Wolf, and Brett Favre was their guy, and right. Baker's got some of those Brett Favre traits. And the vibe in Seattle this year is going to be us against the world after Russell, in their characterization of it, forced his way out, wanted out. So, you know, they're going to have that that edge they're going to embrace guys with that edge Locke has that edge he doesn't have the talent Mayfield's got that edge I think at the end of the day that's where he's going to end up Mike I do as well I have a real tough time and I cringed a little bit when you said Baker's got some of Brett Favre I know what you meant I know what you meant but just to put those two in the same breath is so unfair no, to no, Brett Favre this not the, no again, I, oh, I that get what you're swagger. saying the swagger, the gunslinger mentality, I get it. It's just when you hear it, I kind of cringe a little bit saying, wow. But I get what you're saying. And I do think, I agree. As I, and as I said earlier, I do think that's where Baker's going to end up. Yep, yep. I still want him to end up with the Lions. I just think that would be perfect for the Lions. <laughs> it would be perfect for him. They haven't had Mike Golick in Detroit. They have not had a quarterback with swagger since Bobby Lane. So the best way to finally end the Bobby Lane curse would be to get a guy who's got the Bobby Lane mindset. Look at the starting quarter. I've looked it up. I'm like, like well, none, of the, none of these guys are that kind of in-your-face, old-school Detroit Dan Campbell, what he and Chris Spielman have brought to that team. I, I, you know, we've seen so many crazy things, so many crazy things in the past couple of weeks. I, I'm kind of half expecting the tweet any given minute, Baker Mayfield traded the Lions. I don't know where Jared Goff's going to go, but, yeah. but if you're a Lions fan, and, you ch- and you're looking at the two, all things well, equal? Hell yeah, you want Baker Mayfield. Yeah, the only, the only problem is, is w- with that is I agree about the swagger, but right now the swagger you're guaranteed to get, good quarterback play you're not guaranteed to get. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's true. And healthy quarterback play too because you can't throw yeah. an interception and then run down the field, make the tackle, and bust your shoulder. Let's go ahead and yeah. take a break. When we return, Teddy Bridgewater meets the media today. Teddy Bridgewater gets asked about competing with Tua. We'll let you know what Teddy had to say about that next on PFTPM. Teddy Bridgewater back, well, in Miami where he grew up, first time with the Dolphins, and he was asked today whether or not he was told that he will be the backup to starter Tua Tonga-Vailoa. Honestly, said Bridgewater, that's a conversation I'd rather keep in-house. It's a unique opportunity, and I'm happy to be part of it this season to be the best version of Teddy that I can be, help the best way I can help being genuine and giving my all to this game. That's a conversation I'd rather keep in-house. That's an answer within the answer, Mike. If he is unwilling to tell us he's been told he's the backup, why wouldn't he tell us he's been told he's the backup? And when yeah. you look at his contract, $6.5 million base, Three and a half million dollar upside. Surely that three and a half million is tied to, you know, playing, not standing. So I and and I, I know they've been very careful about what they say here, but Mike McDaniel, the new head coach, the Kyle Shanahan system, Teddy Bridgewater, the thinking is is going to be perfect in that system. That's exactly how he plays, and that's exactly what he does. And, you know, I suspect Tua will be the week one starter. What's going to get interesting is if Tua gets injured and Teddy comes in and plays well, then what? So, so, and this is what the situation is when you kind of have a starter, but you brought in another guy to maybe take that starter job because we feel he might system, fit the system better. You know, how is that going to work for you? I said the same thing in Denver last year when it was Drew Locke and Teddy Bridgewater fighting for the starting job. I said, okay, it's easy to announce the day one starter in a competition, but then as soon as that day one starter starts to struggle, everybody's chanting for the most popular guy in town, and that's always the backup quarterback. 
So that's what will happen in Miami. If they ever, you know, at some point they're going to have to let us know this is to his job, Teddy's here as insurance or to be a backup, or it's an open competition. It wouldn't stun me if it's a brand new coach to say something like that. But then you fall into the same situation. As soon as Tua starts struggling, and he'll struggle some. We saw him playing well toward the end of the year when Miami was making the run that they made and still had us all scratching our heads on why Brian Flores was fired. But now, you know, we may know a few more reasons for that. But Tua, Tua is going to struggle some. And what's going to happen if he starts a season is you're going to get those quick chants for Teddy. And then how quick do you make that decision? And then you find yourself in kind of a two-quarterback limbo system. And I think it was a genius move for the Dolphins because they were trying to create the impression that they're rallying around Tua. They were trying to flush out the dysfunction from last year when the organization wanted Deshaun Watson. And as I've heard it from people I trust down there, Brian Flores was fixated on getting Watson. And the team turned around once the trade deadline came and went, and that was no longer hovering over Tua and the rest of the organization. That's when they won eight out of nine games. But I think the way that they're doing it now, it's kind of like, you know, we didn't go out and get somebody who would clearly be an upgrade over Tua. We got somebody who can perform well, and we're just going to let nature take its course. We're not going to say anything. Tua's the starter. Teddy's the backup. And we'll just see what happens and let Tua go play. And like you said, if Tua doesn't play well, Teddy Bridgewater becomes the most popular guy in town. Or if Tua gets injured and Teddy comes in and plays well, Hey, Teddy, let's keep let's keep it going. Two is not a hundred percent. When's he going to be a hundred percent? When Teddy isn't playing well. Until no. then, it's Teddy. I mean, so they're going to have to finesse this, and I think Mike McDaniel's got the right personality to do it. But this this is genius because they can go with Tua, but if Tua doesn't work, it doesn't all fall apart because they have someone else that can run that offense. I, I agree, and that's why I think the best way is to say Tua is the guy. Tua is our starter here. And but we have Teddy because he knows the, you know the system and, and what we can do. And then I agree with you completely. Let the cards kind of play itself out. Tua had done a nice job when they were winning those eight of nine of playing himself into being the quarterback of that team because once the trade deadline passed, we knew Deshaun Watson wasn't going to be part of that. We'd have to wait till the offseason to see what happened with Deshaun Watson. Now we have closure to that as well. So while Tua maybe could breathe a sigh of relief for a very short time. I think he realizes that he, and he does have to continue to prove himself and even get better. Or there's a guy right there that this, this, this coach who didn't pick Tua, but brought in Teddy Bridgewater and is going to trust Teddy Bridgewater. So that's going to be the interesting to me is how long the, the rope is, how long, what, what, how long is that leash before you yank on it and say, okay, we're going to go to Teddy. Teddy Bridgewater landed in Miami fairly quickly once free agency began. Another guy who is still waiting, longtime NFL safety Tyron Matthew. There was a phony report posted today yeah. by somebody who claimed, I mean, this is as phony as it gets. Some bozo, some bozo named Justin Cohen, at bad boy of scoops. It's baloney. It's malarkey. It's crap. This idea that Jerry Jones was on 105.3 The Fan today, he wasn't and says that they met with Tyron Matthew this weekend, that Micah Parsons was there, and they talked football for close to two hours. Parsons calls it out. It's not true, but we would love to have Tyron Matthew. That's the news in that. Now, the question is, can the Cowboys afford it, and what does Tyron Matthew want? I think for Tyron Matthew, who got a really big contract the last time he was a free agent yeah. three years ago and earned it, and the Chiefs dodged a bullet because they wanted Earl Thomas. And they should be very happy they didn't get yep. Earl Thomas and got Tyron Matthew instead. But Tyron's at a point where he's played a long time. He's had injuries. I think he's going to have to go through that process, Mike. And this is, you know, veteran player who maybe had higher expectations. You kind of have to do the anger, denial, bargaining, yep. depression, acceptance thing before you realize if you want to keep playing, it's going to be for a lot less than what you're used to making. Yeah, we, we all, every player knew how the deal was. Uh, now, again, I got the, I, my, my finish, my time right as free agency was starting, but to see how it all went, if you're, if you're not in that first wave where you're getting a ton, and now there's some exceptions like Tron Armstead is going to get, you know, it's going to definitely get uh, some money, no doubt about it. Uh, but if you're if you're not in that big money first wave, then you are going to have to kind of tamp down. We all think higher than ourselves, maybe than we really should. That you're going to have to tamp down on the money side of it. And understand that you're going to have to take uh, take less on wherever you play. 
All right, let's take a quick break. When we return, I want to get Mike's thoughts on Deshaun Watson, the trade to Cleveland, and the off-field issues and how that may complicate things for him and the team. More PFTPM right after this. All right, so the big news on Friday, the Cleveland Browns, they were out and then they're suddenly back in. It was down to the Falcons and the Saints for Deshaun Watson. The Browns reemerged. Nothing like $230 million fully guaranteed yeah. at signing <laughs> on a on a five-year deal to get the deal done. Uh, Mike, what was your reaction to the Browns being that aggressive, <clears throat> given that we got 22 pending lawsuits alleging sexual misconduct during massage therapy sessions? Amazingly enough, Mike, why would I be shocked? I mean, we have seen guys do awful things off the field in pro sports, but here we're talking about the NFL, serve whatever suspension and then be allowed to play again. And, and, and that's, that's their right to be allowed to play. But remember, somebody has to sign them. So what team is going to do that? We've seen that in Cleveland, right? I mean, they've already done this, not to this extent, with Kareem Hunt, correct? Last I checked, we saw a video of him shoving and kicking a woman. The Kansas City Chiefs cut him. The Cleveland Browns signed him knowing full well he was going to be suspended, which he was for eight games. He's been a great player for him on the field. So I guess my answer to this, Mike, is we've seen this before, so, and then we always get asked our opinion of it. We give our opinion, but my, my, my question is Cleveland Brown fans. What do you think? You know, you, we've heard Cleveland Brown fans say, I'm done with the team. Are you when week one rolls around, are you done with them? If they start winning, are you done with them? Have advertisers pulled any money who are, are mad about this? I, so th I guess that's my question. Mike, we, we, we've seen this before. We've seen this song and dance before for these kind of things and worse and players come back and play and teams sign them. And then I, I immediately, when I was doing my shows, would ask, okay, you're a fan of that team. What do you think? Some hate it, some don't. Some say they're going away, but they come back. Some go away forever. So all I got to say is, Mike, we just had another round of this. And it freaks us out when we see it. We have to hold our nose a little bit at, at maybe the stench of what it looks like. But then we move on because football is, is the most popular sport there is, and we can't get enough of it. And, Mike, you made an excellent point by invoking the Kareem Hunt example because I'd forgotten about it. I'd forgotten about it. I cover this crap every single day, all the controversies, all the issues. I'd forgotten about it. And how many other people forgotten about it? But the point is time passes. There's another controversy that occupies our attention, and we forget about it. Now, I don't think that Deshaun Watson is going to be forgotten, but if you win games – and you're competing yeah. for championships, it doesn't take long for it to go away. When Ben Roethlisberger was having his moment at Heinz Field, his final game there, and everything was just perfect, it was picturesque. You know, I felt bad mentioning, you guys had a pretty rough time 12 years ago. They were ready to run yeah. him out of town. After his suspension, it's like, man, maybe I shouldn't even mention that. People are going to drag me for mentioning that, even though it happened. So yeah. time will be the great deodorant. And, uh, and in the interim, they're going to take their lumps. And I think some Browns fans are upset. They're making the gamble, Mike, that they're going to be good enough that it fades quickly. Oh, without question. This is all banking on winning. And all I say is, Browns fans, it's up to you on what you think of this situation and how you react. Should be an interesting time for Cleveland. Interesting time in the NFL. We'll keep it updated at ProFootballTalk.com. Great job, Mike. Great seeing you. See everybody tomorrow morning.